Welcome to The Hearth, a podcast where we meet new people and ideas that challenge us, inspire us, and bring us home to ourselves. I'm your host, Candice Elliott. Welcome back to The Hearth. This week, Nadine Zumat is joining me. Nadine is a money coach. She works with her clients to heal money trauma at the root so it doesn't hold people back from experiencing life to the fullest. I have participated in Nadine's group and one-on-one programs, and they are amazing, and I am so excited for her to join us today. Welcome, Nadine. I'm so excited you're here, and I want to ask you to introduce yourself, but before that, I would love to know what fire came up for you. <laughs> What's the fire that we're we're with today? Hi, Candice. Thank you so much for having me today, and today we are sitting around a campfire under the New Mexican sky. The uh, sky above us is dark, but sprinkled with thousands of stars. And we're all holding hot drinks, sitting on logs around that fire. Your um, kid is playing somewhere. Arby, our dog is playing somewhere. Our partners are having a, a mancha, a mancha. And we're just, you know, catching up. <laughs> I love that. So please tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. So I am a... Well, officially the title is Money Energetics and Life Purpose Coach, but what I really do is I investigate money wounds. So people come to me um, with a wide array of symptoms of money anxiety and overspending and um, hoarding money and all all the things that we feel like we're doing wrong with money. These are all symptoms of underlying trauma. So once I understand how these habits or patterns are showing up in a person's life, I can pinpoint the underlying trauma that is 99% of the time originating in their childhood that is um, manifesting as these unhelpful financial behaviors. So the unofficial thing that I do is (laughs) money trauma investigator, but no one would understand if I were to put that on my website. So. Yeah. (laughs) And how did you come to this work? Um, Why did this become what you're doing with your life right now? So I have had lots of financial abuse growing up in my own background. And it looked like manipulation. Um, Money was a love language in the house. So it was the carrot and the stick. It was what we were bribed by or we were controlled by we were shown that we're good by being given money or being withheld money was being withheld when we're not good or not making good grades and along with other forms of um, unhealthy family dynamics and patterns in my early 20s, I left my country of birth, which is Jordan. I came to Australia on my own. And I just imagined that these scarcity feelings about around money and this anxiety was just going to go away because I was making good money and 
everything was okay, but it actually got worse. Um, I found that making more money just amplified my anxiety instead of took it away. So I started digging in. I thought that being on a budget is going to help, which is what is what we all think when the first thing we do when we want to become quote unquote good with money is we go towards a budget. Just like if we want to be in shape with our bodies, we go and do a diet. And that is not the way to do it, unfortunately. And I had to learn that the hard way. So a budget just re-traumatized me. Um, It made me hoard money more. So my problem was like hoarding money, not spending money on myself, not spending money on my health and buying cheap food, buying cheap clothes and not like investing in healthcare and getting the, the help or seeing a doctor when I needed it. So I thought I was doing good, right? Because that's the general idea of like, if you're not spending money, you're doing well, you know, like, oh, wow, she's such a, she's so good with money. She doesn't spend it. Right. And that Mm -hmm. is the absolute opposite. Not saying that spending money is great. It's just having a balance is what we're after. But back to where I was, you know, struggling with what I was struggling with was that everything I looked for at the time was just pointing me towards more discipline, more strategy. And then I finally stumbled upon um, what had happened was, so just during that time, I had my own spiritual awakening. It was in 2015 and I was traveling in New Orleans and that was just a big moment for me where I was like, shit, I'm supposed to be helping people with their trauma. I'm supposed to be helping this. I'm supposed to be doing or leading a life that is completely different to the one that I'm leading now, even though at the time I felt my life was fulfilling, but I just outgrew it in within like overnight, I outgrew it. And I knew that I had to up level and money was holding me back. So I decided to heal my money wounds and I couldn't find anything that would help. So I had to, (laughs) I had to just keep digging and following my intuition. Um, I started helping people doing that. And I kept digging and digging and digging until I came to the conclusion that it all starts in childhood. So that is how I help myself. And this is how I help my own clients. I don't know if you know this, but in 2022, I had decided to work on my relationship with money. That was my like main goal for that year was to do that. And so I started out with a book that's like, you know, this is your budget and this is how you save. And these are all these things. And I started with that, but it didn't really get into the heart of what was going on with my relationship with money, which has to do with guilt, a feeling Mm -hmm. of guilt, of privilege and intentionally trying to not receive. And then also with that came like, I'm going to spend a bunch of money. I'm going to try to save all the money that I make. And like, you know, just going back and forth. And I realized too, that the way that my relationship is with money is also how my relationship is with myself. And it also is um, reflected in the way that I was caring for my body because I would like not eat and then I would eat a whole bunch. And so um, I could see it in all those different areas. Yes. Yeah. That's, uh, that's quite common. And so how do you like work with your clients? I was always impressed when we got together because I never knew what was going to come up. And yet somehow you brought up exactly what the piece was that was the next piece. So how do you do that part? 
I would say um, it's really my intuition, making sure that I'm coming from a balanced, regulated place myself and to be able to hold that space, but also to read between the lines and read between the energetic lines of what a client would say and what's in between, what's the energy behind it really. So I would say it's my intuition um, and also experience, you know, the more you do it, the more you're better at it and my own trauma as well. So you can't really expect someone to take you deeper than they've been themselves. And I've been through very, very, very deep places with my own trauma. And it's a never ending story. I mean, I am doing way better now, but as they say, another level, another devil. Every time I want to up level something in my life, in my business, a new layer of the wound shows up that you can't just unravel your wounds out of the blue you know it just they present themselves when the timing is right so that's what I understand and that's where I take my clients is as deep as I've gone and it's quite deep and yeah that's I think what I do really um I hope that answers your question yeah yeah it kind of leads into my next question which is Mm -hmm. um what is a challenge that you have navigated and sort of how, what have you learned through that experience of navigating that challenge? I love that question. So ever since I was young, I have always struggled between the magic and the logic. As part of my own survival mechanism at home, I had to lean into my intuition because I just felt like my house was chaotic and the only safe space for me was inside of my intuition and my gut that always told me what's right and when to duck or when to like hide. So I grew up very, very quite intuitive, but also as another survival mechanism, I had to be very clever at school. So I had to develop very, um, I had to become very clever at school because somehow I knew that my only way out of Jordan was to get accepted at a, at a university overseas. So I worked very hard at school and I was naturally very good at science. So anything that has to do with physics, chemistry, not maths, but physics, chemistry, biology. I mean, until now they're my jam. I've always, what I've struggled with is the magic and the logic, and that came to my work as well. So with your question earlier with how, like, how do I get my clients to, like, the the awesome results that they get, or, like, how do I lead my sessions? And it's through, really, the magic and the intuition. And my challenge sometimes is, like, but how do I speak about it in a way that's logical? Mm -hmm. Right? So I think the lesson is, fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) really my clients results speak for themselves my life is a living testament of my own trauma healing so why do I need to define what I do in logical terms and for who Mm -hmm. because if I am not going to get to work with someone because they don't understand my method in a logical way, then they're probably not the right person for me. There are many other people that can help them. 
my method is quite maybe not as logical until you get to experience it then you're like oh this makes sense but for me to explain it it really is intuitive and magical i have had a similar um I don't know if struggle is the right word, but there's been a conflict through my whole life of factual, you know, information, proving a point, making an argument versus intuitive knowing and combining both of those into the work that I'm doing in a way where it feels true to Mm -hmm. what is real for me. And I've tended towards the more like, okay, this is logic and this is how I'm going to explain everything. And And so now making this transition into bringing more of the intuitive work in feels um, more aligned and yeah. And a little bit scary. It's a little bit scary, right? (laughs) It is scary, but also it's like the people that I want to be working with are the ones Mm -hmm. that I'm working with instead of the people who are really more difficult and not exactly the right fit. Mm So that has been good. Yeah. I remember... I can't remember when exactly, but I was working with one of the top money coaches in the industry. Like she's been a money coach for years and years, decades, not years, decades. She's one of the pioneers. And I think her coaching was excellent. And she is one of the ones, one of the people that certified me. However, while working with her, my gut was like, this is not enough. This is not enough. And I told her, what about attachment wounds? What about inner child work? What about nervous system healing? What about all this? And these are things that I came to intuitively, just absolute intuition. She goes, that has nothing to do with money. I'm like, Hmm. yes, it does. Yes, it does. And she goes, no, it doesn't. You're overanalyzing it. Um, you just want your your um, your issues to just disappear. You just need to give them time. I was like, yeah, I understand. It's not like a, it's not a checklist, like, yay, healed, move on. It is a process. It's a journey. I understand all this, but this is not complete. So I went on, I went off on my own, just following my, you know, going down the rabbit hole of where my intuition led me. And it was towards all of these things that make the approach that I use so unique and effective but yeah I was poo-pooed for what I wanted to do how do childhood wounds show up in people's relationship with money like what are some of the ways that that happens so for example the most um the most popular or the most common money wound or money block that we all see is overspending, for example. Okay. Right. So for example, if you are someone that has rejection wound from childhood, this wound might manifest itself as overspending in your adult years. And the sequence of events that leads to that, it's not, they're non-linear. They're not the same with everyone because as a child with limited resources and limited maturity, you internalize events that are maybe benign, maybe just like mundane events, you internalize them. And these are, these make up the components of your belief system or your blueprint. So if I am someone that grew up with a rejection wound or an abandonment wound, for example, And all of a sudden, I want to be loved by my peers. Let's say I start a new job and I want to be loved. I would probably overspend just so I can prove to people that I dress like them or I um, bring cupcakes to work every Friday just to be cool or be loved. 
um, just stuff like this that seems small, but they add on, right? So that is because we are not healing the actual wound, which is the rejection or the abandonment wound, for example. A, a neglect wound um, and overspending, let's say, like if you are someone that was neglected as a child and all of these examples that I bring up, they're not because a parent was bad. Sometimes, as I said, it's what we internalize. So let's say our your, a child's parents wanted to put them in the best private schools around and they're, you know, they work their asses off to be able to afford that in like as a uh, side effect of all of this, the child was a little bit neglected. They were maybe taken after by the nanny or something like that, right? And they weren't given that the time that they spent with their parents wasn't of good quality. Like they weren't having good quality um, bonding during the time, right? So the child develops this neglect. No one loves me. No one listens to me. Every time I feel bad, I get thrown in my bedroom to play or no one has time for me. So Again, not necessarily the, the parents' fault. It could be their fault, really. But in general, it's not the parents that I'm trying to heal. What I'm what we're doing is working with the person. So later on in life, that neglect wound can materialize or manifest as overspending through just filling the void, for example. Filling that void mm. that was never filled for decades and decades. And these are just examples just bringing in the symptom of overspending for like just as an example yeah and I just am curious because when we were working together sometimes you would make connections between things that were going on that like it just would not compute in my brain like Mm -hmm. I knew that they were connected but for some reason my brain could not make that connection it was like Mm -hmm. certain like either I had to come to understand other things first, or I had to like mull on something for a long time. Like what's going on with that when that happens? Um, Well, first of all, it's very hard for us to understand our own lives because we're in, we're in our life, right? Like we're one of the, one of the first people in the, in the whole like drama that's going on in, in front of us. So we're too close to understand maybe even sometimes a month after certain events happen, you're like, oh, that's what it is. So having an objective perspective is invaluable, really. Having someone that looks at it objectively, but from a trauma-informed lens as well, that is just life-changing. So I can I can remember many situations during our time together that I was able to connect some dots, but I think for you, it was more like the receiving you know, mm-hmm. like you you had mentioned that sometimes you'd go on for days, not or like a long period of time where you you refuse to eat or you don't want to eat. Mm-hmm. And it was very obvious that you were not wanting to receive nourishment. Yeah. And that had lots of links in everything that you shared with me in the beginning, because when I work with someone in the beginning, we do a money biography, which is money related memories from every year of your life from your earliest money memory until today and that's how i'm able to connect all the dots and see how these things i mean they're 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 your blueprints so it's very yeah 
very what obvious so, for me. <laughs> what was so interesting for me in that particular thing is that I, I was working with a nutritionist at the same time who was like, why aren't you eating? And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Like I want to, I just don't like by the end of the day, like it's nighttime and I realize I haven't eaten all day long. And so it was through working through the childhood trauma pieces that we were able to actually heal that. And so it's interesting that we bring methodology to bear on problems that like, we can't just always force ourselves to do the thing that we're supposed to do. Like, it's not like, of course not. Yeah. yeah. I always say (laughs) if it was just a mindset game, we would all be millionaires with six packs. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we all know what to do in terms of nutrition. We all know what to do, know what to do in terms of money. Why don't we all do it? Yeah. Because there's, there's work to be done with our inner children and yeah, we're all whole trauma and I mean, yeah. Why don't you just save money? Oh my God, what's wrong with you? Why don't you just save money? It's the same concept. Not making fun of you of your dietitian, but like that's the same thing. Like, why don't you just fucking save for fuck's sake? Like, no, there are underlying layers that contribute to sometimes money does does not money or food or love or success. They don't actually feel safe to your nervous system. Of course, you're going to reject them. Mm-hmm. And so when you imagine your younger self, kind of before you have been, well, younger selves, there's <laughs> before the experience of, you know, integrating this like logic and intuition piece and, and understanding the, the importance and like primary importance really of intuition in your work, what would you say to the a younger version of yourself who is in the middle of that struggle and trying to figure it out? Never make yourself wrong. Mm. Everything you are feeling is valid and you are smarter than they think you are and that you're the, you are the only grown up in that house. Mm. And it wasn't fair. Because children need safety, not bravery. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. So what have you been working on that sparks a fire in your soul? Ah, brings us back to the conversation we had off uh, the recording, my new podcast. So I launched, yay! (laughs) (laughs) I launched a podcast in November of 2022. And at the time of this recording, it's December. Um, So a month ago, the podcast is called Beyond the Fear. And it talks about leaning into our intuition and not from a place of like, do like feel the fear and do it anyway. It's more like, what is beyond trauma? What would your life look like when you do the proper healing in the proper way? And when I say proper, there's no right or wrong, but I'm talking about like without overriding, you know, all, all the mind-centered um, modalities that our culture loves so much beyond that. One of the first episodes I shared was called Who the Fuck is Nadine Zamot? And the second one was What the Fuck is Money? So these two episodes, they took a lot out of me um, because, in a good way though, because I shared the most vulnerably I have ever shared. 
And I felt very proud of them because they were a testimony of all the healing work that I've done with myself, with my coaches across the years. And I've also spoke candidly about the dynamics in my family of origin. And what came up was that this all wasn't fair for me as a child. Not blaming, but it just was not fair. And I felt enraged because why? Like, why was a child, why did, why, why is me as a child or why does any child in the world have to go through such pain? So that was something that I was working on. And my ongoing thing is to keep up the good quality of the episodes that I churn out and to make sure that I'm, you know, just sharing from integrity, from a place of regulation and from a place of service, which is always my motto. Um, I've received amazing accolades, or as you say, accolades on the podcast. Um, and that was quite dysregulating as well, because sometimes good things just put us, put our nervous system in like, oh, what the hell? So just expanding my window of tolerance for receiving has been something I'm working on. Yeah. Receiving good stuff. And so this place, it sounds like a little bit of a friction in your work between what your capacity is and what's mm-hmm. coming toward you. And so how do you navigate that that um, juxtaposition? I would say not overriding what my body is saying. So if my body wants to stop and rest, I will stop and rest. I'm not going to just put episodes out for the sake of like, oh, I said it was going to be weekly. So I'm just going to stick with that. So just be in integrity with myself and not override my body and just titration, making my nervous system understand, helping it understand that it's safe to receive, that I'm not going to be a different person, that, you know, this is actually what I was born to do. This is my life's purpose to share my story in a way that empowers others and promotes healing from, you know, promotes healing and safety from a place of truth. And if our listeners would like to connect with you, how, what's the best way for them to do that? So um, through my podcast, Beyond the Fear podcast, um, that's a cool way of connecting with me on an energetic level because I feel I'm better at expressing myself on there than on Instagram. But if they'd like to also follow on Instagram, um, send me a DM, tell me that they heard me on this podcast. My Instagram handle is my name, Nadine Zamot, N-A-D-I-N-E-Z-U-M-O-T. And my website is saveamilliontsense.com. And we will link all of those things. Is there anything else that you wanted to share before we close our time together? Trust your intuition. Sometimes when you are somebody who has had a lot of trauma, you might feel a little bit disconnected from from your intuition and that's okay. But allow your intuition to be your guide and magic trumps logic all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me, Candice. Thank you for listening in. If you liked what you heard, hit subscribe so you know when the next episode drops. And if you haven't yet, check out my guide to doing work differently. It's linked in the show notes.